0: what is up hello and welcome in to another edition of downey and martez a bucks nation podcast with you every single week talking all things tampa bay buccaneers i am trey downey the downey half of this dynamic duo and as always along with me the one the only the lynn martez lynn what's up man
1: Oh, the gleeful smile I see (laughs) when you say I'm the Downey half. (laughs) I think that's clear when you say your name, Trey Downey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting week, man, because um, I was thinking about it in terms of if this game was later in the season, you know, where potentially both teams could be undefeated. Uh, even if it was just 6-0, and 7-0, or later than that, um, to me, it'd be more intriguing because you have more of a of a take on on the two teams. And granted, don't get me wrong. I mean, the Bucs, you know, like we've talked about, they've won 10 straight. They keep that 30-point streak going, nine straight games. But on the flip side, there's the Rams, who, I mean, although they beat up the Bears week one, you know, they played the Colts in, in in Indianapolis and it took um Carson Wentz to sprain the only two ankles he has on one play. Um I don't know how he did it. It's almost like hearing somebody's wearing heels for the first time and you know
0: <laughs> was telling, only only Carson Wentz could sprain both ankles. of his ankles. That's your boy,
1: man. That's your boy. Um but yeah, like I said, you know, week three is kind of tough to get a gauge on both teams in regards to where they're at. Not to mention the fact that the Bucks come into this football game banged up.
0: For sure. Uh so we're gonna we're gonna get into that. We'll preview the week three showdown with the Rams. We'll also look back a little bit to last week against. Against the Falcons on this podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810 and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com for the latest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, click that subscribe or plus button and then you'll get the latest and greatest. Uh, podcast from us as soon as it's up and you got a little bit of a surprise this past Monday night as Lynn debuted another podcast on the Bucks Nation feed uh, Lynn if, uh, if listeners have just been listening to Downey and Martez tell the folks a little bit about uh, what you're doing on Mondays now
1: yeah man it's the Monday morning extra point it's just a look back on the previous Sunday games uh, myself and former NFL quarterback, Western Kentucky quarterback, Brandon Dowdy. Uh, had a lot of fun doing the first one this past week. I appreciate you bringing it up, but uh, yeah, the MMXP, man, we, uh, we broke down a lot of things and, and uh, more so than me, it was about Brandon who has a large amount of contacts in the NFL because of time he spent in the NFL, in the NFL and uh, his knowledge of being in those quarterback rooms and, and, and being around players. So uh, it's a lot of fun. And he, and he was dropping, he was dropping dimes, man. He was dropping dimes, including a, a term that I never heard of. Gazeified, which is simply Adam Gaze. And he played for Adam Gaze with the Miami Dolphins. But Gazeified, meaning, and this is my meaning when you say Gazeified, uh, based off the information that he was telling me, is when you have a young quarterback who potentially could be ruined by an unqualified coach, i.e. Sam Donald and others. So, uh, yeah, Adam Gase, no longer in the league, has his own term now, gase
0: It's so interesting, Adam Gase's tenure in the NFL, because everybody thought he'd be such a good coach, especially with his success, especially the first year with Peyton Manning out in Denver and then what happened once he actually became a head coach. An interesting, interesting, interesting uh, thing there.
1: You know what that tells you? Like all the great ones, whether it be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Peyton Manning, just like water, those guys cover a lot of things. They cover up a lot of things. And And I'm not doubting the other people that have worked with those type of quarterbacks, but every once in a while, somebody slips through the cracks and gets promotions based off of working with those quarterbacks and they shouldn't have. I mean, look at- And Adam Gage is that example. Look at what what we're going through now. Well, it, it remains to
0: be seen the success or lack thereof that Mike McCarthy is going to have in Dallas minus Aaron Rodgers. Josh McDaniels, we saw a little bit without Tom Brady in Denver, had one successful, successful, semi-successful run there before the wheels fell off rather quickly. And he hasn't been a head coach since. So maybe it's not just gazified. Maybe it's just these quarterbacks do a lot of things.
1: It's gazified. And I'll tell you why it's gazified. Just think about this. Gets fired from Miami after his tenure there and, you know, certainly had a 10-win season, made the playoffs, although they got stomped by the Steelers in that one playoff game that Miami's yep. been in, in in the last, um, I guess, the last decade. But, oh, not the, not the 20s, but obviously the teens. But yep. not only that, but you watch them operate in Miami and a team in the own division decides, that's the guy. We need to hire. (laughs) Oh, man. That's why it's the New York Jets. It doesn't happen a lot of times, dude.
0: Yeah, surely, surely does not. Uh, As as Lynn said, uh, they're doing a lot of looking back on the Monday morning extra point. So we're not going to spend a ton of time looking back here, but we'll still look back a little bit at the Atlanta Falcons game after we previewed that. Last week, here on the Bucks Nation podcast. And yeah, the final score looked pretty, but that was a close game heading into the fourth quarter, something that neither of us expected, nothing that a lot of people expected. I did say that I thought they could have a little bit of success with Cordero Patterson, and they did. That continued, but I did not think that we were going to go. I think it was 28 25 going into the fourth quarter. It was a three point game going into the fourth quarter. I did not expect that whatsoever. And I think one of your biggest takeaways from that game has to be being a little bit concerned about what's going on on the defensive side of the ball with the Buccaneers right now.
1: No, absolutely. Um, And look, there's no perfect NFL team. I mean, like I said, it's week three. So you're still working through things. Heck, some teams, i.e. the New England Patriots, have been notorious to treating September like it's part of the preseason, especially now when you're only playing three games and your starters play so little in the preseason. But with that, you're, again, moving into the season a little bit further. And as you do that, you got to look at your football team and wonder, okay, where are our weaknesses? And right now, especially with the fact that Sean Murphy Bunting, your number two corner, is out for at least a couple more weeks, you're exposed When it comes to teams spreading them out, going five wide, and all of a sudden you've got one of your fourth or fifth best DBs on a wide receiver who's a matchup problem, and teams are going to to continue to do this. You know, people talked about all the blueprint, of the well how Dallas ran their offense that Thursday night game, opening night. It wasn't a blueprint. It's the fact that you look. You, I mean, it, it didn't take much to realize that okay, they lost one of their starting DBs. Let's take advantage of that. And let's, again, find the find matchup that we can win every single time. Matt Ryan did that multiple times this past Sunday. And because of that, I'm a little bit, a little bit leery of what's gonna happen on Sunday uh, when they go to LA to take on a Rams team that has an, you can argue, an all-pro quarterback who is probably off to his best, one of his best starts in his career and Matthew Stafford and the receivers they have
0: better than what the Bucks have faced in the first two weeks.
1: Absolutely. No doubt. Um, and, and because of that, I mean, you're limited to certainly you can scheme a lot of things. And when you're, when you're missing a starting that defensive back, you scheme, you may zone more, but unfortunately it's the NFL dude team starts spreading you out. And I mean, unless you're playing a quarterback, does that doesn't know any better, which are very few, he's going to find a hole in his zone. And, you know, sure. You want to sit there and hope that Cooper cup is, is slowed down by Carlton Davis, um, depending on the type of defense they play, but man, they got more weapons uh, for Matthew Stafford to hit. And it, Not to mention the fact that there's, you know, there's talking out at JPP, JCP, pierre Paul may miss the game too, which puts uh, Joe Tryon, Shoyanka in position to play more. So uh, it's, you want all your, you want all your your bullets, dude, when you you go out to LA and take on a 2-0 team. And as much as I said, I wish this game was a little bit further along in the season. The reality is, is this could mean a whole lot in regards to home field in the playoffs. not just home field playing
0: an extra game yeah since there's only one bye now no doubt no doubt so yeah that's definitely it's definitely important this weekend before we fully preview that one i want to look back just at uh one other thing as far as uh sunday goes i was or actually two more things i was a little bit worried about the about the defense as well and atlanta's atlanta's thin at receiver point blank they after trading julio jones you've got calvin ridley who's a great route runner russell gage is a decent is a decent slot guy and kyle he got pitts hurt yeah kyle pitts is still is still developing so there's definitely a little bit of a little bit of worry uh as far as the back end goes even though mike edwards uh, FC defensive player of the week two two pick sixes but uh, you definitely want to shore things up at the cornerback position. And speaking of that, it came out, I believe, on Sunday before the game that the Bucks had reached out to former Seahawks and 49ers cornerback Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman not in the league right now. It was well-documented, uh, the issues he had this offseason. But the last time we saw him on the football field, he was still a pretty good football player. Um, I don't have a problem with the Bucs reaching out to Richard Sherman whatsoever. That's a guy who, I mean, you don't know what's going on in his personal life and how that would affect him on the, on the football field. But last time we saw him, he was still a very solid corner, and we don't know 100% when uh, Sean Murphy Bunting is going to be back. But I will say, like I said last week, I would like to see what the Bucks could get out of a guy like Pierre Desir before they fully go all in. On Richard Sherman, what's your take on the, the Sherman to the Bucks uh, situation right now?
1: I, I don't mind, you know. Again, and you know, simply the term, you know, kick the, kicking the tires, so to speak, to, to bring him in and and work him, get a workout in on a Tuesday, and find out where he is physically. My only thing with Sherman is he's never been a guy that. Was just one of those athletic freaks when it came to being a, a, a cornerback. Richard Sherman was 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 he wasn't a first round pick, he wasn't a second round pick, you know. And be, because of that, I mean, there's there's freaks that you see at corner that you know we can talk about one of, that they're going to see this week and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is a freak athletically. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what type of shape Richard Sherman is. And as he gets a little bit older, you know, things slow down a little bit. He's, he's probably an extremely smart player based off of his career and his background. But I don't know if, if that's really a good fit when it comes to the scheme too. Because, you know, although they probably play a whole lot more zone than they want to play these days when it comes to the Bucks, Um They'll probably have to play a whole lot more if they put Richard Sherman out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about the offensive side of the ball, uh, just for just for a quick minute. You want to go negative or positive first, Len Martez?
1: Um, I'm not a negative. Go negative. Go, go negative, negative first. It should be okay. Quick. It okay, should let's be talk quick. about let, let's talk about
0: Ronald Jones. Uh, he get <laughs> The boy. He gets the he gets the start after what happened in week one. Both of us said that we expected a heavy dose of him early. Wasn't necessarily that. Uh, I believe he played for the first series, and then Fournette was in there on the next series. We did see him sprinkled in throughout the game. But man, that one uh, pass pass blocking situation where he just missed missed the blitzer. There was a situation where the. Uh, where uh, he went out of bounds and the first down marker was literally right in front of him where just a little bit of contact could have got you the first down. But then you're going to run hard through the
1: tackles. How do I don't get I, that? You got one guy in front it, of you. You got one yard, but yeah, you're going to run hard through the tackles. I mean, and you, you bring up, he started the game. And I'm, I know you were talking about the negatives, but one of the positives that I have, from Sunday's game against the Falcons is the fact that what did we hear for probably for six or seven days? Oh, with Mike Evans? He's not getting his touches. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. First drive, 75 yards. Guess who gets two catches? Mike Evans. Why? Because Tom Brady's a freaking genius. That's why. Because he's laughing at everybody else saying, shut up. I got this. That's number one. Number two is they ran two running plays for... Ronald Jones, he got 10 yards on that opening drive too. So again, positive for me because one of the questions that we had going out of week one from Dow, uh, the Dallas game was, you know, where's Mike Evans and the fumble of Ronald Jones. And the Bucs tried to eliminate that conversation quickly, that first drive. But as far as Ronald Jones is concerned, I mean, you can go on about him, dude. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Because and it's not
0: surprising to you that we're seeing this regression to what he looked like as a rookie after what after the positive progression he's made over the past couple years, especially last year.
1: I just think he's just there's a level of inconsistency that 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 hasn't that hasn't gotten out of him. And unfortunately, that inconsistency is going to get you either you know traded or released because again, this team is not desperate for Ronald Jones to be a good running back. They're just not. I mean, yeah. obviously when you, when you play the Bucks and, and they have the ability to spread you out the way they do and, and have the three wide receivers and then the two tight end sets and the big alignments and all of a sudden you got uh, Lennon Fournette in the backfield, you having Ronald Jones to get, be productive is a luxury. You don't need him. And that's the thing that Ronald Jones needs to understand. Dude, we'll play you, but you gotta play and you gotta play well. And that crap walking out of bounds, nine yards, and, and, and like I said, you can't run hard on your first two runs of the game and then walk out of bounds. They didn't even run out of bounds. He walked out of and bounds. the marker was right there. It's not like he couldn't see it, it was right in front of him. That's just, I mean, that's just there's a level of Football IQ that every player has, and I'm sorry, and this may not sound nice, but his level right now is low, low. You can't I'm whiff. With you. you can't whiff the way he whiffed on a a blitzer mm-hmm. who who Tom knew was coming and probably whispered to Ronald and or pointed or whatever it was, gestured. Oh man, you're Tom Brady. You don't know that guy's coming? So he probably looks over The Ronald Jones. is like, that's who you got. And you still with. So again, level of, of football IQ, running out of bounds, a yard short of a first down when all you had to do was do what you did inside the tackles. And that's push the defensive player back one yard to get the first down. That's number one. And number two is the amount of times he's whiffed on on blitzes on blitz pickup that's low football iq okay everybody says and you could be mad at me for saying it That's the bottom line
0: i'm not mad at you tom brady probably is mad at ronald jones though and the, how often the bucks pass and how often the their running backs are asked to do pass protection that's only gonna you know drop ronald jones's snap counts as we've already seen that giovanni bernard is the third down running back on this football team let's talk about what i saw as the positive coming out of this weekend mike evans i didn't even bring that up as far as the negative went last week because i just chalked that up two different guys are going to get targets each week we but talked
1: about it and, we, and a little we, bit yeah no, but i don't no, think no, i don't no, think either of us were alarmed like no 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 no, no 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 not at all but we talked about it and and both of our explanations for the most part was hey there's going to be games where they're going to need to take the top off of defenses or there's going to be games where the middle of the field is going to be your focus. And they got all of that in the weapons that they have, whether it's Brown, Godwin or Evans. So each week it's going to be different, but the the talk prior uh, to the Atlanta game, not so much us, obviously, like I said, and like you said, but it was, you know, where's Mike Evans? Where's Mike Evans? Oh, now it's like, where's OJ Howard? Like, really? I mean, this team, this team is... put a up. catch! Even so, dude, you know, people are like worried about his future. You know what his future is? Do what you're doing, play good football, and wait until Gronk retires. That's your future. And I know he's a free agent after this year. But you know what? Do you know that Gronk's coming back next year? Because I don't know. They wouldn't know the Super Bowl. Gronk could be like, "Hey, you know what? McMahon, Vince, you got me, man. I see Pat McAfee doing his thing on uh, on SmackDown, doing his announcing. I want, I want to be part of the WWE. I don't know. That, I don't know that that you know Gronk doesn't go off to the sunset to do that. We don't know how much longer he wants to play. But that's OJ Howard's future, hoping that he gets a, has a good year this year. And he gets re-signed by the Bucks, And then he can catch all the balls that everybody wants him to catch. Let's
0: talk about Gronk because that's where I was going to go with the positives. And Gronk, we talked about what you saw from him in training camp and things like that. Gronk's still a very solid football player. But what we've seen in these first two weeks, if you include the Super Bowl, this is three straight games with two tutties, yes, as, he, as he likes to call them. Is this something where we're talking about Gronk as being one of the top touchdown leaders and touchdown receptions for the entire season? Is this something that we expect to carry on? I mean, I know we've talked about the weapons varying from week to week, but it hasn't varied from Gronk in the past two weeks and three, if you can uh, include the Super Bowl as well? Well, when
1: you get inside the red zone, I mean, and uh, definitely inside the 10, I mean, the good thing about this team is. Very rarely do they settle for three. They haven't been doing that a lot in their, you know, their 10-game winning streak. Certainly not this year. And that's a good thing, you know. Maybe not for fantasy owners of Ryan Suck Up, their kicker. But when it comes to the red zone offense being inside the 10, they want seven, man. They want seven. And, And one of the best targets of all time in the NFL one of the best red zone targets all time in the NFL, certainly in my lifetime, is that big 87. I mean, that's just fact. So, yeah, he got two touchdowns the last three games. I don't know that it continues, but why would you be surprised if it did? I certainly wouldn't be.
0: Yeah. We just got to hope that Gronk stays healthy. I, I mean, he is a little bit older, but even throughout his entire career, injuries have been a struggle with Rob Gronkowski. He now got Lynn, his vet
1: days back though, because uh, yeah, he uh, he got on the 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 Manning you know conversation. Let's call or, it the Manning Cast. Is that what it's called, the Manning Cast? I, was I don't know if that's that. what it's
0: called, but we'll, oh, call, we'll, we'll call it the Manning we'll call Cast. That. Okay, yeah.
1: what a Monday Night Football with the Mannings. And uh, Gronk was on there. If you didn't see it, he was on there talking about not watching film. Oh, I let Tom watch all the film. Tom, I just asked Tom who we're playing this week. Mind you. <laughs> and then he goes Bruce, and speaks Bruce, to the Bucks media. This yeah, week. no. Bruce, Bruce Arias came out and said, uh, Oh, really? You don't watch film? Okay. You know what? Those no vet days you get where you don't have to practice, eh, you're not getting them any longer. And Bruce was obviously kidding, but. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob Gronkowski came out a little while later and said, oh, by the way, I do watch film. I was just kidding. Just so kidding. much film that my girlfriend yells at me. Yeah, and throws stuff at me. Yeah. yeah. The guy's a character, dude. And I don't get me wrong, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, I wasn't really a, the biggest fan when he was in New England. Uh, but being around him and just the genuine, it's, it's genuine it's genuine yeah. dude that's that dude like it, 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 that's that's how it it's is it's not an act no it's not and that's yeah. and that's why you know you, you from afar maybe you think oh this guy is just a clown and that 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 meathead and, you know you know edm music or do 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 and all that kind of stuff but uh it's him that's him i hope you like that probably too if, you know 50 years or we might be in a 55 and over community man d- dancing around and acting a fool
0: kind of reminds me of another person who's a good friend of both of ours uh now let's uh man, let's, you can't let's, be
1: doing stuff like that how are you gonna do stuff like that I I,
0: I I mean if people know us i think they know who we're talking about but uh, <laughs> a real close friend yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> So now let's move on to talking about and oh, obviously he and obviously he wouldn't take that as an insult if you know who we're talking about. I, can't, no.
1: I can't wait till <laughs> this is heard and the Twitter the Twitter questions come. are you talking about? he's you talking about?
0: Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so now let's move on. Let's talk about this weekend. And I think we have to start with the injuries slash who isn't going to be available for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they head to SoFi Stadium to face the Los Angeles Rams. You already mentioned JPP as it's looking more and more likely like he is not going to play this weekend. That's on the defensive side of the ball. And then Antonio Brown uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And while it's possible that he could play, but we've talked about this on the podcast before, the Bucks are 100% vaccinated and the protocols for vaccinated players, even if you test positive, if you have two negative tests, uh, 24 hours between both of them, you can play. But we all know what's going on in the world, breakthrough infections, all that. It's unlikely that Brown will be available on Sunday, though it is still possible.
1: Here's the thing about the two negative tests. People talk and certainly that's, I mean, that's, That is the protocol, right? Two negative Mm -hmm. tests and you can play. But for each player, when you get hit with COVID, it's different how how it affects you. So it's not automatic that you're going to play just because you had those two negative tests. God bless anyone that catches this and tests positive for it. But you don't know just because they tested negative two times in a row that they're okay and they're ready to go, ready to play an NFL football game. It's not how it works. The symptoms could be different for every, every player. And 100%. Beca- and because of that, whether, whether Antonio Brown does or doesn't test uh, negative the next, you know, before Sunday two times, I mean, it's really, it, 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 really kind of doubtful that he'll be ready to play on Sunday. That's the reality. I could be dead yeah. wrong. He could be out there on Sunday, but I'm willing to bet the other way that he does it just because of having to have the two negative tests and the fact that we have no idea how it's affecting him.
0: Yeah. We don't know. We don't, we we haven't heard from any of the the Bucks coaching staff or anything, if he's asymptomatic or and we won't what's going on. Because it's not yeah. anybody
1: right their they going business.
0: Yeah. So uh it remains to be seen whether antonio brown will be out there obviously for both of us i think you'd agree with me that jpp would be just in general but especially facing this rams team it's a it's a much bigger loss for for this sunday
1: yeah but obviously there's depth along that defensive line and yeah. you know the good the good thing about it is you know they play seven eight guys when it comes mm-hmm. to that D line, I mean, uh, Nacho was making plays on Sunday. Obviously, Viteri is who he is. I mean, putting centers on skates, pushing them back into the quarterback, uh, and Dominic King's playing on the outside on a defensive end, rushing the quarterback and and getting in and getting his you know his pressures. Uh, Will Golston is certainly showing up on the statute and, and making plays too, causing pressures. It was surprising
0: to me. I, I want to say Greg Allman put it out there, but Golston didn't have a ton of sacks, but he was up there as far as the league goes and quarterback hits and pressures That's last year. That's absolutely. a guy who we who we've been talking about for years as you know a cap casualty or somebody who's going to get cut from this team, but he uh, he's not showing up in the stats as far as sack goes. But he's been since Todd Bowles has uh, taken over, he's been playing damn well in this defense. No,
1: definitely, and and that, you know when we we always. Like you mentioned, yeah, past years, most of the time when we're talking about cap ca- casualties, you're like looking at who's making the most amount of money and not showing up on the stat sheet. That's the thing. We're not taking into in in account what this guy brings to you value wise on the football field and off the football field. Because inside that locker room, he's a he's a leader. It's a good he's a, one of the best guys you'll find inside that locker room. But besides that. I mean, they're playing Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson got snaps on yeah. on Sunday. We mentioned uh, Tryon Shoyinka, too. So, I mean, they're going to have enough. They certainly have enough guys to offset the loss of JPP. It's whether or not they'll be able to offset the production that he gives you. And uh, this, is, this is a bad weekend to not have uh, one of your best pass rushes. I'm going to be
0: interested to see... The game plan as far as defense as far as defensively goes obviously if you're going in to playing the bucks especially after what you've seen the first two weeks you know the bucks have a stellar run defense so and they're banged up in the secondary so one of your plan of attack is likely to attack them through the air and also the rams they have injury questions at running back themselves daryl henderson right now is questionable to play on to play on sunday who is Right now, they're number one running back because Cam Akers was hurt during the, during the offseason. So the Rams have questions at running back. So I expect a pass-heavy attack against a secondary that is banged up. Now, where the Bucs go on offense is going to be interesting to me because I'm going to be interested to see how the Rams attack the Bucs defensively. And you mentioned Jalen Ramsey earlier, and I want to see how they're going to use him. With Antonio Brown, that obviously takes away a weapon for the Bucks offense. I expect Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson to both get more playing time. We've seen more of Tyler Johnson these past two weeks than I honestly expected. I, I, I haven't looked at the snap count, but I've noticed him more on the football field more than I've even noticed Scotty Miller. So Tyler Johnson obviously making strides throughout this offseason. So I think we'll see quite a bit of him. But where the Rams use Jalen Ramsey is going to be interesting to me. Do they tie him to a side? Does he follow Mike Evans? Does he follow Chris Godwin? I think that that's going to be very interesting in how the Rams' defense attacks this Bucks offense and the multitude of weapons they have, even in the absence of Antonio Brown, likely.
1: Obviously, based off of what the defense shows you and gives you, Tom is going to take his shots and, and going to get his. But me personally, if Tom doesn't throw on Jalen's side for four quarters, I'm good with it. Me too. I'm totally good with it because you have so many other weapons.
0: Unless he's following Mike Evans. And that's just because Mike Evans is on my fantasy team and I know no one cares.
1: Exactly. So you bring it up and no one cares. (laughs) But again, you know, I watched Jalen Ramsey last Sunday after Wentz got hurt. And Jacob Eason comes in the game, rookie quarterback, comes into the game, fourth quarter. First play, his first pass. You know whose side of the field he threw it on? Jalen Ramsey. You know who ended up with the football? Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you got to be smarter than that, kid. Unfortunately, you know, your first pass in the NFL was an interception because you threw it to probably the top cornerback in the NFL. You couldn't find another place to throw the football, and he threw 15 yards out of the field. I'm like, what are you doing? So again, based off of what the defense gives you, I'm sure Tom's going to find his spots maybe to challenge Jalen, but I'm perfectly all right if they play 60 minutes and have 70 offensive plays, and Tom doesn't throw it to his side of the football field.
0: Do you think that the Bucks' path to – to victory and path to offensive success this weekend is still is still through the air I mean you're playing against one of the best defensive linemen in in the NFL and Aaron Donald and one of the better defenses still in the NFL even though they lost their defensive coordinator Brandon Staley who is now the the uh, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers but where do you think that the Bucs could have success I mean obviously I think that I think maybe across the middle of the field, maybe whoever's in the slot, I think could be due to have a big game if the if the Bucks are going to be victorious, and maybe even a more uh, a heavy Gronk load in the uh, in the red zone again as well.
1: Two things: one is I'm not impressed with the with the Bucks running game the first two games, just not, and I'm not impressed yeah. with them with the ability to run outside either, because and that's where you're probably going to have to go because of who you have playing in the middle of the Rams defense, 99. I'm sure there'll be times they'll run run between the tackles, but for the most part, if you're looking for success, you're going to have to run outside. And unfortunately, I haven't been really impressed with them being able to, to run outside. Now, when you talk about the swing passes to Fournette, that might be an approach that you have, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know you mentioned Ramsey and Evans' matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if Ramsey has duties and responsibilities on Godwin and Evans throughout the game from the standpoint of, okay, you know what? Godwin's in the slot now. I got Godwin. I mean, that's how that defense may play. There may be times where he's playing on the outside against Evans. I wouldn't expect him to just play on one guy on Sunday because um, you kind of, you kind of telling them what you're doing all game long when it comes to the Bucs offense. And because of that, Again, yeah, I expect them to move around a whole lot on Sunday.
0: It's, it's such a fascinating game because I, the first two weeks, the Cowboys are better than we thought. I think we can both safely say that, especially after they go out to L.A. and beat what especially I think is a, is a playoff team in the Los Angeles Chargers. Ref calls uh, off to the side in that one. But uh, I think when we previewed these last two games, Both of us were just looking at, you know, what were the Bucs going to do? And it wasn't a situation of where are they not going to have success? They're going to have to attack this team in a completely different way. And quite frankly, they're going to have to play a lot better than they did the first two weeks of the season if they're going to beat this Rams team who I think are a very, very good football team. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I think that I think the Rams are going to win on Sunday. I think especially, and I thought this before the JPP injury news came out, I think you want to get as much pass rush pressure as you can on Matthew Stafford, especially in a McVay offense where they do look to push the ball down the field. And the fact that arm strength is one of Matthew Stafford's strengths, it always has been, even though you do have good receive. And the Bucs are down their best slot corner. And you have a guy in Cooper Cup who might be the best slot receiver in the league. I know they move him around, but they can attack the Bucks across the across the middle of the field. And I don't like the matchup of Russ Cockrell on, on Cooper Cup. I just don't. And I said this in, you know, in talking in our Bucks Nation group chat with all of the writers and stuff. I honestly think that. In the long term, in the long term, yes, I know playoff seeding is involved and you want to win every football game, but there is so much talk this offseason and continues about the Bucs possibly going undefeated. If you lose in week three, man, the undefeated talk is completely gone. And you can say what you will about veterans and stuff on this football team. Tom Brady went through this before and Tom Brady is the ultimate professional, but I do think that that would kind of loom over him specifically a little bit because of how close he got with the Patriots that one year before losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. So I personally think that this could be good for the football team in the long run to lose this game, to not have that undefeated season thing looming over them the entire season. The Bucs don't need the extra pressure the goal should just be getting to a super bowl and i think internally that's what it is but obviously it would stink if you're a bucks fan and you you're way and 7:30 on sunday night and your team lost but that's just that's part of it and i also think too that in today's nfl especially playing an, ex, an extra game going undefeated just isn't going to happen and looking at this schedule this is the hardest game on the schedule to me on the road against a very good football team. And we've already saw the first two weeks when both of us thought that the Bucs would win by two touchdowns and they're and the Falcons are within three points going into the fourth quarter and have to have a last second field goal to beat the Cowboys. So this is a very hard league to win in. And I personally think that the Bucs drop, I don't think the Rams are going to blow them out or anything like that, but I think that the Rams at home are a very good football team. The Bucs injuries, I think the Rams went on Sunday.
1: I don't disagree with what you said, except for one thing. There's a dangling carrot when it comes to Tom Brady, and that is the undefeated season. So, I mean, you can talk about in terms of, you know, even for Tom, you know, succumbing to that pressure of being undefeated. For one, been there, done that. I mean, that team offensively, and, not, and they don't even have the weapons that this team has. I mean, Randy Moss, top 3 all-time wide receiver. And then there was Wes Welker. And yep. not, to, not to bang on Wes Welker, one of the best slot receivers of all time. But it's still Wes Welker. And you, just from an overall talent standpoint, you talk about Evans. You talk about Godwin. You talk about Antonio Brown. And uh, the other pieces around it, not to mention Brock wasn't, uh, Brock wasn't on at 17 He's on this team though. So, you know, as much as you think that someone, you know, wouldn't be able to handle, and I'm not saying Tom, but just the team overall is you know, dealing with the pressure of being undefeated. I'd say it's a dangling carrot, dude, because it's the only thing that that man has not done. And no one else has done it.
0: Because he's won back-to-back Super Bowls before.
1: And you know know how guys like him are. The elite of the elite want to be the best and do things that nobody else has done. And that's why he's won seven Super Bowls. And I do agree with you in regards to the difficulty of going undefeated in the 17-game season. And if you look at their schedule, I mean, maybe Buffalo at Ray J., could be the toughest test after this coming Sunday. And look, look we could sit here and, 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 and say something like that. And yet we watched week one with Dallas. We watched up until the fourth quarter against Atlanta. Yep. You know? So as much as we say, you know, pen to paper, look at all, look at the schedule and you could say that they'll probably win every game uh, with the exception of maybe uh, the Buffalo game. That could be a question if they win this, this coming Sunday, against the Rams. You really don't know. I mean, you, you, you just don't, I mean, someone else could sneak up, sneak up on having, you know, having that act. Right. And, like and, Carolina. Then and then there's, and then there's injuries, yeah. you know, which is a factor this week on, on top of all, you know, all that's going on. You got the injuries that they have this week going into the game. So I, I'm with you when it comes to the difficulty of going 17 and 0. and because of that, I don't think they're going to win on Sunday either. I'm not trying to, you know, be some prognosticator and say, "Oh, no team can go 17." No, I just, I just think that the Rams are playing good football. They're at home and they're catching the Bucks at a good time because of the injuries that they have.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, I still expect it to be a very competitive and close game, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks win. You're just I mean, if you're asking me to make a prediction, I do think that the Rams win on Sunday. That's undoubtedly the game of the week, in my opinion. I think it's an NFC Championship preview. Uh, looking at looking at the schedule, do any other uh, any other games stick out to you this weekend, Lynn? I'm interested to see the Chiefs and Chargers game. Both team co- both teams coming off of very rough, close losses. It's in Kansas City. Uh, I typically don't I, I always say it. I typically don't like West Coast teams going east for one o'clock kickoffs. That's a big, big early test for uh, Justin herber, especially coming off of a rough loss to to the Cowboys in week two. And if you get a if you drop your uh, biggest divisional rival, the Chiefs down to one and two, and you're two and one, I know that's an only only a one game advantage, but that's a that's a big game early. Not just for not just for the standings, but what it could mean for the Chargers moving forward if they beat the team that has ran that division uh, the past couple seasons,
1: and is p- predicted to be the AFC uh, representative for the Super Bowl this coming year. That being the yeah. Chiefs. Thing about the Chiefs for me is, you know, whether it was Lamar Jackson last week or Herbert this week or another quarterback. Their defense is being exposed, dude, and it'll continue to be exposed. I said it to you weeks ago. They don't have a lockdown corner. Um, they're old at key positions at rushing the quarterback. And it may be – they may get to the Super Bowl this year, but you know how? Outscoring teams, dude. Yeah. It, it might take them 40-plus to win games. and. Uh, I don't doubt that Mahomes could do it, but to do it for a full season, because teams are going to move the football on him. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Chargers put up 30 plus on him on Sunday, even in Arrowhead. And the the threat of going one and two, while the Raiders are going up against a backup quarterback who gets visiting Miami, and the Chiefs could fall back two games, in the the Broncos
0: games? too. The Broncos are uh, are are playing the Jets this weekend, and they could go three and and02. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that's
1: that's you know, that, that, that's intriguing. You, you mentioned that as it, an intriguing game. Another one that had has me thinking about things is where the the uh, Bucks played in Week Four. You know, because there's, there's already the conversation up north about Tommy Boy. Tom Brady, coming back to New England. They're talking about it now. Yet you're playing a game on Sunday against the Saints. And granted, the Saints, you know, stunk it up this past week against Carolina. But still, you're talking about Brady's game <laughs> now. And you still got a week three game. And I know that's Belichick's way, you know what I mean? The focus and process in regards to, you know, week to week. You know, obviously the the infamous quote right we're on to Cincinnati we're on to Cincinnati we're on to Cincinnati well they better be on to New Orleans because it's all what they could do on a good day on, in week one yeah no I mean and, and it could be anybody if you're not focused and it's not like they're they're an offensive juggernaut where they could just you know take off a, a quarter or, or a half and all of a sudden put points up when you see the offense that they run it's vanilla as hell and, and they don't do a whole lot of risk with, with uh, Matt Jones. So let the, let the saints get up by, by 10, 14 in, in the, in the second half <laughs> and the Pats lose. And I wanted to when Tommy boy comes to town. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I, it's, it's, those are two teams that I didn't have high expectations for entering the season. The Saints have been wildly inconsistent. I mean, the Saints uh, the Saints' first two weeks were about as inconsistent as the Packers first two weeks, if we're being honest there. Uh, it's, I mean, other than the Bucs and the Rams, the rest of the 2-0 teams in the league are pretty surprising. I mean, the Panther, Panthers, Cardinals, and Raiders are all teams that I kind of picked as surprise teams this year that I thought would be good. The Broncos haven't played a tough schedule and they continue to not play a tough, tough schedule uh, this weekend as they, as they play the New York Jets, but that that's a team. If you, if you start three and 0 I'd have to look at the statistics, but you start three and zero, you have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. And then the other game that I think that I have circled as an intriguing game this weekend is the Sunday night football game with the two and San Francisco 49ers playing the green Bay Packers, who we saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers relax is what he was able to tell everyone after, uh, that Monday night football game against the lions who played the 49ers well in, in week one and almost coming back in, in, in stealing that one, but a team that neither of us expect, or not many around the league expect to be very good. That's the other one that's intriguing to me. Cause if San Francisco, I know I said the saints weren't for real after beating, uh, after beating Green Bay in week one, but if San Francisco goes three and O and they beat the Packers, then that division, that NFC West becomes even more difficult with what we've seen Arizona do so far. Uh, Seattle got came back on or else they, or else every team in that division would be two and O right now.
1: No, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious to see how, the Packers play after a week of of beating up on one of the lesser teams in the NFL. But when it comes to the Niners, I'm not surprised. Like even you know, when in the offseason, I said it before. This is a team that was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And the only reason why they haven't been able to, to return to that kind of dominance is because of injuries and quarterback play. That's it. That is it. And as long as they get, there, as long as they stay healthy, because they're solid up and down, and they're struggling That's to stay healthy. The division's
0: just so competitive, man. Yep.
1: They're struggling to stay healthy in the backfield, obviously. But honestly, it really doesn't matter. They can walk down to the to the nearest Chipotle and and find a guy in the back and be like, "Hey, you ever play football before? No? Well, we need a running back. Put some pads on. Let's go. And that dude can probably get 500 yards playing behind that offensive line." I might get probably 600. You, you might get about six, 650. <laughs> oh, wow. You gave, you gave me a little credit there. Wow. I'm banged <laughs> up, man. I did, I'm, I'm I did not expect I'm that one. I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. My cardio is not where it needs to be. <laughs> credit I did not
0: expect to get from one Martez uh, uh, on today's podcast. Uh, like we talked about earlier on the show, Lynn will be back on Monday with former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy. To talk about the Bucks game and those other games that we just discussed, and keep an eye—I say—to follow us on on social media. Keep an eye on on Twitter. Follow Len Martez at elmar 810 Follow me at TD Experience, and follow Bucks Nation at Bucks Underscore Nation. We might have a little something special for you coming this weekend on Twitter specifically. Uh, we're going to be back next week with Downey and Martez as well in our typical day and time. And we'll be talking about either a 3-0 and team heading into New England or a 2-1 and team heading into New England and what happens in New England as well this weekend is going to be interesting as we preview a game that nobody thought they would ever see, Tom Brady versus the Patriots. Until then, he is Lynn Martez. I am Trey Downey. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.